Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions! What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? It is a Wednesday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. You know I'm your host, Derek Oakry, and I'm coming to you this week with a special guest he's a returning guest he's a friend of the show and and normally like i i like playing the sound bits having a bunch of fun on the show but but today's show might just be straight up football talk because i got logan lamarand here from sports illustrated all lions i mean the guy's an insider he's got strong takes great opinions and and, uh great insights on the lions so logan great to have you back uh i'm just ready to talk ball today how about you oh yeah it's almost here it's Getting through the summer months, and I always say I don't want to wish summer away, but as I know, summer goes along, we get closer and closer to football, and man, it's just a different time of year once football starts. Exactly, man, and like it just kind of sneaks up on us. I mean, literally, the Lions will be in camp uh, next week, and before you know it, there will actually be preseason this year, which would be incredible, three preseason games, and then I've never looked forward to the preseason, but I think I actually do because i just craving some football. College football's right around the corner and, and the Detroit Lions, so we're going to serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid today, and like I said, we're just going to dive right into it, but Logan, I want to make this whole episode about the defense. I feel like last time you came on, we're talking about positions. The show before this one, I did a whole rundown about what I think the offense might look like, who they might feature, what the schemes might be like, the coaches. So how about we just do that on the defensive side of the ball, work our way through it. I got some questions for you, and we'll just go all defense because that's that's a huge topic with this team, and I'm really interested to what you think about it. Oh, yeah, there's plenty to talk about with the defense, just with the new scheme, new players. You know, no more Matt Patricia defense. <laughs> Should be a lot better, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward because it's relatively unknown at this point, just what the defense can be and this new scheme and different players. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited about the defense. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, man. So you kind of hit on it there. I mean, it is a mystery, but that's why I bring uh, great insiders, experts, uh, just knowledgeable football minds like yourself. And we mean you can chop it up. So I want to know what you kind of think about the new scheme. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but I know you are all over it. And uh, what do you foresee the scheme being in, in general broad strokes, as well as what excites you about this new scheme that you know, Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell and Aaron Glenn and company are all bringing over with this new Lions regime. Yeah. So, you know, supposedly it's a base three, four scheme, which is fine, but considering that, you know, that's so often in nickel packages. Now it's almost your base defense where you have five DBs on the field. It changes up things a lot. And yes, the Lions were a hybrid defense under Matt Patricia, and they were still technically probably a three, four defense, but it was still, uh, they still had like a down defensive end, you know, like a Trey Flowers. And now Trey Flowers is going to be an outside linebacker, technically. You know, he's, he's still his main job is going to be rushing the passer. And same thing with Romeo Aquari. He's going to be an outside linebacker. So I think 
the scheme is probably going to be still, I, I, the Lions still have some players that might not be perfect fits in the three, four scheme. So I wouldn't surprise me one bit if the coaches kind of implement a little bit of hybrid and putting players in different spots. So it's not going to always be the exact same thing, but I, I think I'm just looking forward most for just having an aggressive attacking tile style scheme that it wants gap shooters up front with the defensive tackle. They prioritize getting to the quarterback and having some athleticism and guys who can win one-on-ones. And with that and just disruptiveness, you also have linebackers who are going to be kept clean and able to run free instead of like in Matt Patricia's defense where Patricia wanted his linebackers 260 pounds so they could take on a guard square up and, you know, just stick the guy and hold their gap. It just, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think that hopefully that waterfall effect of having the snowball effect of having a, a good pass rush is going to help out the DBs as well. So I, I can't say specifics about scheme, but I, I just think from what everything has been said, it should be a lot more aggressive. And I, that was one of my biggest complaints under Patricia. It was always so passive and they didn't care about the pass rush. So um, that, those are my thoughts in general, I guess you can say. I'm all for that, man. Exciting, aggressive, and different is uh, all things I'm looking forward to. So we I, I threw Aaron Glenn's name out there. I know on my last show when I talked about the offense, you know, I was going in on all the big name kind of former players that are offensive assistant coaches and things like that. I mean, on defense, you do have Aaron Glenn there and Aubrey Pleasant, who's coming over from the Rams. He's got a lot of pub as well. But what's your thought, confidence, and kind of opinions on, on the coaches on the defensive side of the ball? both the uh, DC and the assistants there. Yeah, both those guys, you know, they were in line for promotion. They deserved it. They proved uh, with their positions that they needed a, a, just another shot at getting more, I guess, just taking that next step up. And with Aaron Glenn, uh, for me, coaches, are always so difficult to predict uh, more so with going to head coaches. Cause I think head coaches, uh, you don't have to be necessarily a great play caller to be a great head coach and sometimes vice versa, where you can have a great play caller doesn't make a head coach. And it's kind of the same thing. Anytime you move up a level as a defensive backs coach, maybe you're just a really good defensive backs coach, but you're not a great defensive coordinator. But uh, at the very least, Aaron Glenn deserved to be a defensive coordinator. And he's a young and up and coming uh, guy who a lot of people speak very highly of. So I'm, I'm all for it and I'm optimistic about it, but again, it's kind of wait and see, cause it's so difficult to predict who's going to be a great defensive coordinator when they get a promotion. We don't have any background on them, but uh, everything he's said so far, I, it's amazing. All these interviews that the coaches have done, they've just said everything that I wanted to hear has just been music to my ears, you know, just be aggressive. They want to play to player strengths. And that's, I think what makes good coaches, what makes good coordinators is being able to adapt and adjust to your personnel and put players in spots where they're, they can succeed. You're not pigeonholing them in one position as like Patricia did a lot of times, but this is our defense. This is what you're going to be asked to do. And if you can't do that, we probably can't use you. So I, I really hope that he is just flexible, but again, um, we haven't seen what he can do yet, but yes, I am optimistic about having him. We like optimism here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. There's no question. And for me, I guess like I just, you know, I 
I'm right with you on all that, and everything has sounded great, and and they got all this mojo and moxie, and are gonna change it up, and like you say, he's right in line to be the guy, and I think all of us Lions fans are just hoping like this is the time that it does come together because there's been quite a few where things were lining up on paper or sounded good and then came ball games. You know, we really had some struggles and it fell apart either based on personnel, scheme, whatever. So I'm really hoping that Aaron Glenn and, and Dan freaking Campbell and everybody like can carry this energy into the season and really, you know, get us fans excited as well as put a great product on the field. That's what I'm hoping for. So speaking of on the field, the next thing I want to know from you is – let's talk about these top players on defense in general. I mean, I got the defense up in front of me. You know, if a, if a lot of people, um, you're always looking for different content. You know, one quick thing that I've used is go to our lads, O-U-R-L-A-D-S. Uh, they've got the full depth charts and, and kind of give you some good insight. Are they perfect? No, but uh, it's kind of a quick, easy resource to go and check the roster. So I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball, Logan. How are some top players – on defense looking to you uh, or who are the Lions going to look to on defense and be like, hey, these these small handful of guys are going to have to really ball out for them to play great on, on D? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of guys. There's a lot of, like, unknowns or just question marks on the defense side of the ball. And unfortunately, the Lions do lack, like, that elite top-tier talent on defense. Trey Flowers is a nice player, uh, very well-rounded. But, you know, he can get pressures on the quarterback, but isn't necessarily a sack artist. And he's probably not a guy who really strikes fear into a lot of tackles where it's like, I got to watch out for this guy rushing the passer uh, just due to, you know, his speed. And um, but he, he gets to the quarterback in different ways. And last year we didn't get to see a ton of him just due to injuries. It'll be really interesting to see how he fits as an outside linebacker and if he stands up a lot more um, what he can do. And, you know, the best part of his game was really using the long arm, you know, and uh, using converting to power and getting up in these tackles faces and getting back into the quarterback. And um, I think the Lions defense, it's as an outside linebacker and they're going to be their number one job is not necessarily going to be gap control, but it's going to be get to the quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what he can do when he can really put his ears back and just get after it. And same with Aquara. Aquara uh, had a great season last year. Uh, again, it's a little concerning. I still think he is somewhat of a question mark just because he's a bit of a one-year wonder at this point. And yet, even though he had a great year last year, he had a down year the year before that. So which, which player is going to kind of show up? Is it somewhere in between? Um, but the Lions really need to have those guys do something. And at, who knows? It, having Ali McNeil and Levi Ozerike, Michael Brockers, guys who uh, can get to the quarterback – uh, from the interior, that may help out these outside linebackers rushing the quarterback a lot as well, which improves everywhere. So, uh, but outside of that, you know, you look at the linebackers, Jamie Collins, I know you're not a big fan of him. I, I don't think he's <laughs> some elite player or a, a, he's probably a bigger name than he is a talent at this point. Uh, but the real, the real thing is just on the back of the secondary because the Lions do have a lot of talent there but they struggled last year, but so does <laughs> there wasn't any corner who excelled under Matt Patricia in Detroit. So maybe just a new scheme will help them out a lot. And especially for Jeff Okuda, you know, second year, maybe he can take a leap. Uh, Mani Arwarie has showed some promise, but again, needs to take another step. And guys like Quentin Dunbar even had a down year last year, but a great uh, 2020 or 2019 
So it's, you just don't know. There's, that's the craziest part about this whole defense is that there's all these players that have potential that were just never reached under Patricia. And if some of them can really take the next step or just thrive in this new system, I think the defense has potential, but again, it's all about potential. You need a lot of things to go right for this defense to be good. I feel like. Yeah, I like a lot of the names you brought up there. I kind of think the Lions D, when you look at it, there are some names that jump out to you as like, hey, these are the main guys. But I, I think one thing I'm looking for is for some of these second, third, even fourth-year players to really find themselves, you know, play a little bit more aggressive, as you said, um, be more consistent, and, and make make more plays. You know, that's what it comes down to. So when I'm looking at names, yep. it is Trey Flowers, Brockers, you know, Okuda on the outside. But then you're, then you're stretching for who that next guy is. You know, you got your rookies, which you mentioned a few of them. You've also got the Tracy Walkers of the world, the, um, oh, yeah. you know, the Dunbars, as you mentioned, and, and the linebackers, which are a big question mark. So I I'm kind of like circling a couple of those big names, but just hoping that some of those guys that are in my second, third tier and that most media and, and big name places are like, that's why they're saying, you know, we're going to be so bad because they're not banking on any of those guys. I mean, who knows? Julian O'Quara could take a huge leap forward and be a, a very impactful rush player, uh, you know, but we don't know. And it's a little bit of a leap of faith to see that he's going to be that. So that's what I would say. Some of the names you brought up are, are more than valid, but we got to get a couple of these second tier guys to really show up in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cause that's for the lions. The lions have some decent, solid, really nice players. But uh, <laughs> if you're going to have, if that's going to be your top end talent on your roster, you definitely need those ancillary players to really step up. And some guys, maybe you're not really counting on maybe like Deshaun hand, you mentioned them already, Julian Aquara uh, guys like that who you know, don't expectations aren't super high, but they have some promise and they step up and show out and they can really turn things around on defense. If they can, if Sean Han can find like his rookie year form or Aquara uh, can live up to his third round billing. So it's, it is, that's, it's tough looking at the, the depth chart and just seeing guys that, you know, we're all familiar with them, but if you were to zoom out on a national level, I think a lot of casual fans would be like, who are these guys? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, they're exactly. just not household names. Exactly. One name I'm staring at, which um, I just want to promote this right here. So, again, this week I'm very fortunate. Logan uh, made enough time where I'm going to be able to have him on the Friday show as well. We're going to take a little bit of a different dive into the roster and look at it overall, maybe group some rookies and you know free agent signings and different groups together and talk about them so we can get into players more there. there. But maybe one guy I'll bring up when you come back on the Friday show is – Alex Anzalone, uh, or Anzalone, however you want to pronounce it with this guy, but um, he's coming over from the Saints, and and to me, he's he's either going to be boom or bust. He's going to be like a really nice linebacker piece or could be a guy that we've seen plenty of times here in Detroit. He comes on a second or you know third contract, whatever it is, and he's a little bit farther down the road, and it just doesn't work out. You know, he's just a, a middle, bottom, uh, below average type of player, but I have some hopes that he can be better 
than some of the slow plotting linebackers that we've had, as well as, like you said, attack and and just do some things. So, I mean, even a guy like that is, like you said, a unknown, not on the top of anybody's list, but I got him highlighted kind of as like, I want to see what he's got. I want to see him out on the football field. So we can talk more about that on the Friday show. And because I get Logan on a double dip uh, here, I mean, we got to keep this thing moving, man. I, I think uh, we'll keep this one a little bit tighter as we talk about the D. I think it's we need, even need to get sponsors in already, Logan. What do you think about that? Already? Usually it's like at least 40 minutes before we do that. (laughs) I agree, but I mean, we got lots more to talk about, and I know you're coming Friday. We're going to talk about the roster, so I mean, we'll we'll get it all in. There's no question, but one thing we got to get in is realitysportsonline.com, the greatest uh, fantasy platform that you want to do. I mean, I'll just do a live ad right here. I mean, if you if you love fantasy football, and but you've been doing Yahoo, eight team leagues, you know, you're in like Logan, you're in one fantasy league because he can't, he can't have enough time to do two. I mean, you got to go over to realitysportsonline.com where you're doing contracts. You get to do a free agent auction, which is really fun and very simple, by the way. You get to do rookie drafts i mean who doesn't love a rookie draft i mean we all think we know best when it comes to the nfl draft me logan everybody else listen to this pod you get to do that i mean lots more customization lots more fun for diehard football fans and i'm here to tell you it doesn't take any more time than your standard league but it's a ton more fun and a lot more competitive so logan i know i've been touting these to you i know you can't take much more fantasy football than you're already doing in your one home league or whatever you do but reality sports online is a place to go man hey i have two leagues okay <laughs> all right have you that. doubled or have you always done two because you always i always give you crap about it but have you always done the two or did you double up since last time i talked to you no, I mean, I've just a few years ago, I was probably in like 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you've been doing a little down. I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta start getting out of leagues and some of them kind of goes apart. So it's, it's been okay, but it's, it's been really enjoyable being a couple leagues, but I will say to promote the sponsor, I'm in a reality, uh, online sports or I just messed that up. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Reality and- sports online, RSO. RSO, yeah, I, that's what I always type into my Google and it pops right up. So RSO, yes, I do have, I'm in a league there and it's pretty awesome. It's, you feel like you're a general manager. Exactly. It's about as close as you can get. And I mean, we all know Logan is scared to get in a league against me because he knows here on the pod. I mean, I pump him up. I let him uh, give all his knowledge, but we know if we went head to head, I mean, we both know what would happen, right, Logan? Yeah, that's the main reason why I can't join. <laughs> oh, I'll keep telling myself that anyway. But yeah, everybody go over there, check out realitysportsonline.com, no doubt about it. They're doing uh, big things. I'm in multiple leagues, and that's the most fun platform that I use, no question about it. So everybody head over to realitysportsonline.com right now. All right, Logan, we're back from the break. Live read. I mean, we're talking defense today. And we spent the front part of the show talking like broad strokes and scheme and general stuff about coaches and and got into a few players there. But but let's get into the the mix right now. I mean, who's who's going to start? And here's the caveat and be impactful at the linebacker position this year for the Detroit Lions. Impactful. Um, so I would say Alex Anzalone just because he has familiarity with the scheme, but if you look at his, the first four years uh, of his career, it's, it's nothing that's ever been special. He's a fine linebacker, but he's not anything 
elite at the same time. But hey, at least he has some athleticism. At least he's pretty big. He, you know, he doesn't have any glaring flaws. Um, so I mean, Jamie Collins, I think probably is the best linebacker no. on the team at this point. But again, no. you, you saw what happened in Cleveland when he was away from Patricia's scheme. Even last year, he wasn't great. He had some really good games, really bad games with Patricia's scheme. But he does have some decent wheels on him, still even at his, his age right now. So I am I think he could be an interesting run-and-chase linebacker. And I want to know, too, you know, Jamie Collins is a big linebacker, too. Have, has he lost any weight like Tavai has? You know, maybe Collins has gotten a little faster even. I don't know. I think I think Jamie Collins, he's good in pass coverage. Uh, he, he's good against the run for the most part. He can – stack and shed blocks but again i don't know if his strengths will be utilized the best in the scheme or not so i i know what alex anzalone is uh in this scheme but jamie collins is a little bit different but i i want to say jamie collins is going to be the most impactful linebacker let me ask you this as used to be said here on the show just a just a quick follow-up a piggyback if if i if i may (laughs) are you bringing up jamie collins multiple times on the show just to just to get me upset today is that what you're doing i mean you continue (laughs) to bring him in the conversation the guy's wearing the number eight when have you seen a middle linebacker wear ocho and be good it hasn't happened and yes i know there were other number rules but it's still not going to happen because jamie collins is not good at football he doesn't care enough he's old yes he he used to be athletic now he's just lazy and makes a few plays but he makes way too many bad plays for me i saw that very early with the lions that this guy's inconsistent and i just can't have him on my roster anymore i'm gonna put up with him this year but i'm not banking on him whatsoever anzalone who you brought up is interesting because he, he was a he was a pretty nasty linebacker at Florida, right? That's where he went to college. Yeah, struggled yeah, with injuries, but he was pretty good running on the field. Yeah, he he had some pub coming out in that draft, I remember, and he he somewhat you know is in, with scheme, so I like that as a sneaky pick for you. And I guess I'm just really curious to see the rookie. You know, I'm always all about the rookies, and Derek Barnes just intrigues me to no end about what he can do and what he can become. But he's kind of been tempered recently too. I've seen him, you know, noted as as backup and you know maybe a limited role, this that and the other. I really want to see what he can do and how quickly he comes along because. I like to see him on the football field sooner than later. Yeah, Derek Barnes. I, I like Derek Barnes as a prospect a lot just because uh, he he's fast, physical. Uh, the passing game is the what you don't really know about him right now. He, you know, as a former edge player, a hybrid player, and solely as a middle linebacker last year, um, you know, he had definitely some struggles in coverage, and you need to be able to cover in the NFL. Now he has the athleticism you'd think to do it, but sometimes athletes athleticism doesn't translate into being able to cover but he's it's he's a you know just a heat-seeking missile once he knows where the ball's at and uh he'll definitely hit some people so i'm i'm looking forward to Derek Barnes, even if he doesn't start at the beginning of the year some preseason action of him and that'll be good but uh jamie collins i was trying to think of a linebacker where's number eight and obviously it hasn't happened in the nfl but i think was it pat was it patrick queen LSU was wearing number eight don't, at the college level. Don't try to sneak more Jamie Collins talk in. I mean, come on. We, we got to keep this thing moving. I mean, we'll we'll see when the season happens. It'll probably be week three where you're just like, man, you were right. This guy is just uh, way, way too many issues for me. But there's not a ton better. I mean, here's, here's how it's going to go down with Jelani Tavai. He's either going to be 
way slimmer fast and know what he's doing and everyone's going to be very pleasantly surprised or it's going to be the same old Jelani Tavai where he can't find the football, he can't make plays, and it's going to be known pretty quickly. So obviously the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we loved Jelani Tavai wearing number 51 to show up finally as a high second round pick and just be a contributor. Just be decent when you're out on the football field. And if you really look at it, he didn't even get a lot of chances. Like He seemed like he was on and off the field a lot. I would be fine to sort of let him out there if he's holding his own and just let him play football, see what he's got, you know. Um, we didn't bring up this guy, but Sean Dion Hamilton, I've heard him getting some pub. He's wearing number 50. People are like, hey, this guy might be a nice little piece that nobody's talking about that can really play. So I wouldn't mind if a guy like that pushed Johnny Tavide to the bench or our lads even has Jalen Rees-Maben kind of as an outside linebacker in the number one slot, which to me is – concerning I would say based on what I've seen from Reeves Maben at this point but like I said I don't want to make this a huge linebacker segment but this is like what we talked about before where you look around and like none of these names excite me but I think the unit overall can be better just based on the scheme the coaching and maybe a couple of these guys starting to play ball better just based on those factors. Yeah no I mean that's you just don't know in the new scheme how it's going to work Jalen Reeves Maven who showed promise when in his younger years, was really handcuffed in Patricia's scheme just because he wasn't big enough. He wasn't big enough to take on Lyman, just head up. And yeah. uh, maybe in more of a run-and-chase type of scheme, which it seems like it'll, it will be, it'll emphasize his strengths, which, again, is what it's all about. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have Jelani Tavai, who is back to his pro-day weight, where he still wasn't very athletic. <laughs> but maybe he can be now athletic enough and not look like a defensive tackle playing middle linebacker. And because uh, I, I do feel like he does, at least at the college level, you saw some decent instincts, but the whole Dubai pick, not to rehash all that, but it was <laughs> ever since the start, it's like, why? why is you know what happens? You know what and happens, the, though? Even in the best scheme form, it still didn't work. <laughs> Well, to me, what happens a lot, and I'm like, you know, just number one for doing this is I, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid two to three times a week on all my different pods. I'm always trying to be optimistic about my team. I want a lot of these guys to come along, but I have grown to know that like the off season, like everybody's in the best shape of their life. Everybody's uh, turned the corner. And then you know, the truth is a lot of these guys do come back to what they are. Like, I would not be surprised if Johnny Tavai doesn't play great and he's not only on the roster bubble, but you could definitely see him off this team too. So, I mean, that's the thing people got to be careful of. We all can root on our team and be optimistic, but there are times where this offseason hype for every player, every position all the time is just kind of like, all right, show me in camp and, and let me see you make plays and be better in preseason or whatever, and then I'll believe it. But until then, you're the same Tavai or the same Jamie Collins or whoever that I've seen until you prove me otherwise. So I know people love me serving up the Kool-Aid, but that's the honest truth. So hopefully these guys can prove us all wrong and make plays. So let, let, let's move past the linebackers, Logan, before you start talking about Ocho again. Um, can This is my big question for this defense, and, and this is my guy. Can Tracy Walker bounce back? I mean, this guy said in multiple interviews that he 
feels like himself again. He the locker room loves him. He's he's a leader. He wants to just do whatever he can for this team. He always comes out and almost says how horrible the other regime is without saying it, unless he's on his IG or somewhere where he has been known to take a shot at people. Or I think he had something recently that came out that somebody was dogging on the lines and he said, Keep sleeping on us because you know, he's a guy, too, who always say, watch, we're going to show you, or this is going to be the best year, or I'm ready to go. Um, but I want to see it from number 21. So where are you at with Tracy Walker? I still like Tracy Walker. I still think that we've seen him being very instinctive in a ball hawk uh, when he's playing deep and kind of being put in zones. Uh, I think he reads the quarterback well. And that just last year, they were asking him to do a lot and a lot of in the box play and a lot of tight end coverage. And I don't know if that's, I mean, he can cover tight ends, but uh, I, I don't think it's a strength. I think he's more of a free safety type of player and the, the lions are playing split deep looks. That's, I think that's only going to be beneficial for him. And uh, it was very disappointing. I think Tracy Walker, you know, looking at expectations of what I had for players last year, he might've been the most disappointing because he was actually pretty bad last year. And, I, I remember being very upset when he wasn't even listed as a starter and Will Harris was out snapping him. And I still, you still can't really justify that, but it's not like Tracy Walker, even when he did overtake Will Harris at the starting safety spot, he was all that much better. And I was just very surprised by that. And that might've been just what they were asking him to do. But I, we've seen from Tracy Walker, again, everything I mentioned about, it, he just seems, I think safety is one of the positions where, you know, instincts matter. Cause you don't have to be the best athlete. Obviously it helps, but if you have good instincts, you know, look at a guy like Glover Quinn, you know, just great instincts always around the ball on a ball Hawk, you can do well. And I think we've seen flashes of that with Tracy Walker, where he, he knows where to be and how to set up quarterbacks into throwing the ball, high pointing the ball. He's got the super long arms. I think there's a lot to like about him. And I, I don't think he'll be what he was last year. Uh, so I'm, it's he needs to have a bounce back here. It's a contract here for him too. So yeah. um, I think he's one of those players we talked about in that bucket of, you know, maybe not super high expectations, but you know, if, if they can perform at a high level, it could really help this defense out a lot. So he, here's my quick take. We went on a tangent and you got me all frustrated talking about Jamie Collins, but when we're talking about Tracy Walker, <laughs> like here's my thing. You, you mentioned the instincts. I agree with you. He, he obviously even played some corner in college, so he, he should be able to cover. He hasn't covered well in the NFL, so this is a, a straight up to number 21, Tracy Walker. We got to have your, your man-to-man coverage skills take a leap forward because they've been just unacceptable, to be honest, the, the last year and a half or so. My other thing is the guy's got the crazy length. I haven't seen him use it very well at the NFL level. He, he racked up some tackles, but they were all like 10 yards plus down the field. I need him to get his hands on some footballs. And then the other thing with Tracy is like I think he was right on the cusp of being run out of town by the other regime because they did their – I think the snap thing that you mentioned was because they didn't like his attitude or they didn't like – you know that he wanted to do x y and z they wanted him to do what they wanted him to do and we saw them run other players like that out of town so i think they they did took his snaps away they finally cut him loose towards the end of the year he played a little bit better but i just think he's really going to be free from a mental perspective as well as his personality and when he was going good as early in his career 
he had that swagger. He had that ability to uh, make plays and then let you know about it. And I think that's the player he really is at heart. So if he can find that nice middle ground of swagger as well as knowing his assignments and finding ways to get turnovers. I need turnovers, not not like nonsense tackles. I need picks, deflections, like you say, playing the middle of the football field. That's what he says he wants to do. He don't want to be down there playing edge or playing, you know, you said he did good at guarding tight ends. I don't think he did. I think he was always getting roasted, toasted, and extra crispy. So don't let him do that, or hopefully he got a lot better because he really let me down in those areas. So this is my half rant, half motivational speech to my guy, Tracy Walker. Uh, You can find him on Instagram, or he's just – He's got to be good as a third-round pick. So, again, this is the Logan show. I was supposed to throw questions at you, but I got on a, a linebacker slash Collins rant, and now I'm trying to pump my guy Tracy Walker up. But I want him to be good too, but I'm getting to the end of my rope of, like, you need to make plays. My buddy Chops came on. He comes on about once a month here on the show too, and I threw a question at about Tracy Walker, and he said he's done with Tracy Walker. <laughs> he said, I got no time for this guy anymore. He was just off, and, and this was a guy that he had hopes for as well but he's seen enough and doesn't think he's going to turn it around so we'll see I really hope he does but he's got a lot of stuff to prove to people and like you say time is running out of the hourglass there's no question so Logan you can come back on that if you want but we got lots more to talk about here on the defense and like you said we've been known to make a marathon show so do you want to come back on Tracy at all or we want to move to my next one I got for you no and yeah I I agree 100% that he is Tracy is starting to get to that point where it's, it's make or break time. Uh, you, it's just frustrating because you've seen the potential, but it wasn't yeah. there last year. And that's what you you have to hope this year that he can turn it around. Otherwise it's going to be a wasted third round pick if he walks in free agency, but the Lions don't have any options at safety either. <laughs> Out yeah. of all their safeties, you know, he's the guy who needs to step up in that safety room. <laughs> Yeah, he looks the part in the uniform, needs to make more plays. Jeff Risden, I think, put out a projected starters on defense article just before we got recording on USA Today Lions Wire. And uh, very surprising when you see that safety position. It's like Tracy, Marlowe, and like nobody else. So <laughs> there's not only no depth, but you're really pinning your hopes on a veteran that's bounced around a little bit and Tracy Walker take a big leap. So I wouldn't be surprised if they add to that position and, and definitely go check out Jeff's article as well as I hate to promote, but I might as well. Um, I, I put out a fantasy football article there talking about Lions ADP recently on USA Today Lions Wire. So check that out. And you know, you really need to check out because I didn't give him a chance to promo. You got to go check out what Logan Lamarin is doing at USA or he's at Sports Illustrated all lions writing articles doing media pieces doing radio interviews I mean you gotta go check out what you're up to Logan I know you got some good stuff out there oh yeah well it's been a little lighter this time of year you know I I'm more of a numbers and stats guy and I like you know just data in front of me and you know there's only so much I can do at this point in the season outside of just projections which is still a lot of fun basically what we're doing now talking about projections where we see guys expectations but at the same time it all comes down to what they're doing on the field and that's where I feel like I thrive is you know breaking down the on-field stuff um stats and things of that nature so I'm just looking forward to the season to get started so I have some new new material you know I don't have anything (laughs) left in me 
Exactly. No, you'll be putting out great stuff. You can also find him at L Lamarandir on Twitter. He's always putting out great stuff. You can give me a follow at Derek Oakry on Twitter as well. And Logan, let's go a little rapid fire on these next questions. We're talking about the pass rush. You think the Lions are going to get pass rush this year and how? I think they they will. I don't think it's going to be elite because both Trey Flowers and Romeo Aquara, even though Aquara, you know, like I said earlier, he had a great season. Uh, I, I don't think either is necessarily an elite pass rusher, but they're both good. If you have interior pass rushers like Elie McNeil from from a nose tackle, he's super explosive. Levi Onzerike, also kind of the same deal where he's just disruptive. And uh, if you have guys in the interior that can beat one-on-one blocks, and we have not had that in a long time, it makes life so much easier on the edge defenders to get to get sacks. So I, I do think I'm actually I'm cautiously optimistic about a pass rush because I think uh, in obvious passing situations, the Lions have quite a few players that should be able to get to the quarterback. And that's only going to help out the secondary. And uh, overall, I just think the the players the Lions have, again, no elite names, but they do have players that can get to the quarterback. So I, I do think there will be a pass rush, but it's in my eyes, it's probably going to be like a middle of the road type of pass rush. Logan, this is what you could have said. It can't be any worse <laughs> because it's been That's horrible. True. So I, I think they will be uh, better and, and fun to watch, and I sure hope so. Uh, how about the cornerbacks? Do you think the this set of cornerbacks is not just marginally better, but quite a bit better than what we've had the past you know decade or so with the Lions? Uh, I mean, it was so bad last year. It was really <laughs> bad, and I mean, outside of – Quentin Dunbar, who was also not great last year, who the Lions brought in. Uh, Melifanmu is another guy, again, an unknown rookie third-round pick. Uh, where is he going to be at? You look at the names, and it's like, oh, wow, the Lions have some real talent. But, again, it all comes down to the field and the, their play on the field. And so I, I feel like Jeff Okuda, much like you said with the pass rush, Okuda can't get much worse and that – you know, there's, I think there's a lot of factors that kind of point Akuda definitely in the right direction where he's going to have, you know, at least step it up and be a lot better this year. Um, as it's pretty typical with corners, you know, it can take a, a sec to kind of get comfortable in the league. And especially when you're dealing with an injury and a deep in a defensive scheme, that's very predictable and no pass rush. Like Akuda was probably in set up in the worst spot you could possibly be in last year. So I think by default, he'll be a lot better. Um, but yeah, you just look at the cornerbacks. It's just really weird because it's like, yeah, I like I like the talent there. It looks like there's some really nice pieces to work around, but they just have to, when the lights turn on on Sunday, they have to show up. Yeah, real quick, in my opinion, I think AO is the uh, is the linchpin. I know everybody out there that listens to the Kool-Aid cast wants to make the sound bite, but I'm not going to do it today. But I, I think he was taken in the fifth round. He's a talented player. If he can play well, and then Okuda, I think, is pretty much obviously going to take a step up. And then um, we also invested that, that third round top 100 pick in, in Iffy there. So, you know, the Lions had always tried to get these late round flyers or these little corners that never always were injured and whatnot. So I think they've invested some resources. And I think, uh, again, they can't be any worse covering people. So I'm excited to see what they can do and, and got to be a lot more sticky and create some turnovers, no doubt about it. Logan, is this team going to be better 
in stopping the run or the pass, do you think, this season? Oh, I will say stopping the pass. <laughs> I, I'm so conflicted, as you can tell, trying to think about <laughs> it. But um, I do have some faith that the secondary can turn it around if there's a pass rush. And I, we already discussed it. I think there can be a pass rush in obvious passing situations. But to get into obvious passing situations, you have to be able to stop the run. And that's why Patricia always peach, preached you have to stop the run to get into the obvious passing situations, but they really couldn't do either. But uh, when you look at like their run defenders, um, you know, I, I guess Trey Flowers and Aquara as outside linebackers, those are some great run defenders at outside linebackers. And the Lions have some good young defensive tackle talent along with the Brockers. But again, my concern would probably going back to the linebackers against the run. Uh, how is that all going to play out with Jamie Collins, your favorite, and Alexander? <laughs> don't Maloney. don't so sneak I, him in again. <laughs> don't don't mix and, him in here when we're talking about this. Come on. So, I know it's a passing league, and the Lions will be facing a lot of good quarterbacks. But uh, I I don't Logan. know. It's it's a toss up for me. But if I had to make a bet, I would say they're. <laughs> passing defense will be better overall if you look at total yardage uh, you know in the league ranks compared to the run game well, Logan let me help you out here as, as a as a podcast expert at this point a guy that likes to have a take comes strong this this is how you can answer this Aaron Glenn Aubrey Pleasant they're gonna be better in the pass game because of those those two coaches where they've invested in those corners and we've got to stop the pass because it's a passing league. So the Lions are going to focus on that, and they're going to get that done in 2021. There you go. What do you think about that answer? There you go. <laughs> solid. Right. You, you, you always bring the solid knowledge and work your way through every position. I'm I just going to come strong with you and be keep it tight there. Uh, l- let me get a few more in here. So do you think this defense can help? The offense in 2021, where they're getting turnovers, they're getting off the field, they're keeping teams out of the red zone, whatever. Or is this going to be again where like the offense is having to either outscore people, or like every time it goes back to the D, it's going to be like, oh, I don't know if this is going to go well. Do you think they can be like a benefit and a help to the to the O this year? I think I'd probably flip it. I almost feel like the offense would be more beneficial for the defense just because. You're looking at the strength of the Lions offense and it's their offensive line and probably rushing the ball. They can help keep the defense off the field. And, uh, you know, the I, I think they the, could help the offense, but I, I would say the offense has more yeah. potential to be able to help the defense more than the defense and help the offense. I think, because you look at the offense, if the, if the lions have to go into, you know, passing mode, I don't know how that's going to work all too well. If the defense uh, is having struggles. So I, you would hope that the defense can help out. And I'm sure there will be times that they will. But overall, I don't think this defense is going to be that spectacular where it's going to keep all the teams in low scoring games and the Lions can stay balanced on offense the entire time. So yeah. there's my yeah. typical answer for you. Have, <laughs> you know, playing both sides. 
half and half all day. Here, here's yep. the thing. Like, I think the O is going to be better. My point is that this D needs to get to a point where, like, it can be counted on a little bit more. Like, if we give up the football, we know that they're not going to just give up seven, you know. They're going to be stickier in coverage, as I mentioned earlier. They're going to be able to um, get after the quarterback more. You like, I, So, I'm not saying they're going to be the better unit. What I'm saying is that they just need to get to that level where – us as fans and the team in general are just going to be like, hey, man, our defense go out there. Like you said, we've got some big athletic bodies up front. We've got the corners that I mentioned, and we don't have much at, at the back end at safety, but we're just really hoping that they maybe they add a piece, maybe they get a lot out of Tracy Walker. So I just need them to be where, like, sometimes they're going to get a three and out, sometimes they're going to get a turnover, and, yeah, sometimes they're going to um, get walked down the field and give up points. But I just need a better mix. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they can be kind of a, a positive or a, a benefit to the offense more so than, like, a hindrance, as they have been the last couple of years, where, like, there was really no way to keep up based on how they were getting worked up and down the field. So let, let's go with this one. Like, where do you think they'll rank? when it's all said and done. I mean, we know uh, they've been towards the bottom. Where, where do you think this defense comes out? So straight total defense, I still think they'll probably be, you know, bottom 12. Um, just a lot of that has to probably do with the offense as well, where if the offense can run the ball, that changes everything. But the offense needs to stay on the field uh, for this defense, I think, to kind of inflate that ranking a little bit where they're, the defense maybe just doesn't see as many snaps as what they're used to. But uh, again, it just looking at like turnovers, I don't see a lot of true like playmakers that are going to get a lot of turnovers and maybe more aggressive scheme will bring that out. Who knows? That'd be great. But I I'm still thinking that the lions really on both sides, the ball probably will be bottom 12 in total offense and defense. It's it's safe take. It's a it's a it's a Logan quality take of, of safe, makes sense, knowledgeable. What the people want here on the show is a Kool-Aid take from me. And that's simply this. <laughs> if the Lions add like a linebacker, a veteran that's really got some juice or maybe is a, a much better football player than Ocho, who you've brought up multiple times on the show, if they're able to add maybe a a dynamic safety that's been in the league for uh, a little bit but can come out and make some plays. I really think this D-line is going to be ferocious at times. I think it's going to be – they add a few more pieces both this year and and moving forward next year. I really think they could be similar to that D that took us to the playoffs years ago where it was like we've got waves of guys coming from up front. We can cover well enough, and the ball just seems to find us based on how I think Pleasant and company are going to be coaching these boys. So I really think they do have some upside to be better than advertised, not only this year but definitely in the future. And I just can't wait to see it. So, Logan, let's end it on this. When it's all said and done, the smoke is cleared. We're talking all about defense on this show. Who or what are we going to be talking about when the season's over and it's all said and done here with the Lions D? Give me me like a strong opinion. Give me a player that I'm going to be like, I know we mentioned him on the show, but by the end of the year, you're going to be like, man, this guy's a ball player. Give me something. (laughs) Can I take the easy route and just say Jeff Okuda? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. No, Tell me why Mr. Okuda is going to be a ball player. I really like him, and he's in a good spot now. <laughs> well, I, I really have high hopes for Mr. Okuda. If, if I had to say a player, I mean, gosh, I don't know. The, your stats guy, 
you know by being on this show, I randomly, rarely will we'll dive too deep into the numbers. Uh, I kind of know the stats, but I definitely like to just kind of um, talk broad strokes and, and give strong opinions and have fun here on the show. Again, we, we didn't do sound bits. We didn't, uh, I didn't come after you too much on this show, but if we're talking about who we're going to be talking about at the end of the year, this is really my guy and I'm really hoping and kind of putting my hat on that he's not going to be that veteran that comes here like we've seen in the past I really have Michael Brocker circled now that they've paid him he's come here the stuff he said in interviews I think like is because he's in this scheme I don't think he would do as well with the former regime based on how they coached and what they would make him do but I think we really might be talking about Michael Brockers at the end of the year going, now is he the best leader we have on that side of the football, but a guy that really made a lot more plays, both disruption, may have more higher sacks than you would expect, and just be a, a force on that D-line. I really come to like that signing and like the, the person and the football player. Yeah, no, that's very plausible. He, you know, Brockers has been a very solid player his entire career, and you know, former first round pick, he's getting a little long in the tooth, but still the talent's there and he's going to be expected and relied upon to be a leader and one of the better, probably more consistent interior linemen with the the younger group that they have. But, uh, you know, my dark horse was Aline McNeil. I almost wanted to say him, uh, but just being a more of a nose tackle, probably being a rotation. I just don't know, you know, his snaps percentages per game is probably not going to be all that great, but I, I still like, McNeil's ceiling just because he can stop the run and he's explosive. You just don't see that with a nose tackle, but um, yeah, he's, so he's my dark horse. I wanted to mention him. I cannot wait to see Aline McNeil play with that 54 Jersey and my two wild cards. I'll just throw them out here to end the show. If he play in both corner and don't be surprised if they, if they rotate him around to some safety or some slot positions, uh, get him out on the field more as he grows and we brought him up earlier. Julian Oquari seems to be bulking up. His brother is signed, sealed, and delivered. Watch for this kid to play a lot more like he did at Notre Dame than what we got to see last year from number 99. So there it is. There's a little Kool-Aid, a little hype to end the show. It was a lot of straight football talk. Logan, we got about out about here in about 45-plus minutes. I mean, that's pretty good for us. Like, we talked about the D. I think we covered a lot of stuff. How about we – Get up out of here, and we'll get you back on the Friday show and dive even deeper into the roster. How's that sound? Sounds great. Yeah, I think we set our record for shortest show. Usually, (laughs) first segment's 45 minutes alone. (laughs) There definitely are some pods I listen to that are like two and a half, three and a half hours. Like I know you're a busy man. I got a lot going on. But I'm pretty dang sure if we sat here and talked Lions football, we could knock out a two to three hour show if we if we didn't think about it. Am I right? Oh, easily. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be no problem. <laughs> so, everybody, we're going to get into more talk. I love having Logan on the show. You've got to go check out all the stuff he's putting out at Sports Illustrated, all Lions and uh, just great stuff. It's just a awesome to have him on the show here about once a month where me and him get to talk football i look forward to these shows i know the listeners drink it in they love it so logan thank you so much man for coming back on thank you of course yeah talk soon absolutely everybody drink that detroit kool-aid catch us friday right here on the detroit kool-aid cast take care everybody we're out
get in. 